My name is Mark Madison, and I am so very proud to have Fujitsu General America as a sponsor. At Fujitsu, they're focused on partnering with the best distributors and contractors to ensure that each Fujitsu heating and cooling system brings infinite comfort to every end user. Alex Carney and the creative selling team has performed nearly 1,400 real estate transactions, bringing traditional and creative real estate buyers, sellers, and investors together, one property at a time. Alex developed his skills in sales and marketing and advertising and negotiating, having sold advertising space to New York City advertising agencies in corporate America for nearly 20 years prior to becoming an investor of real estate. Alex now manages, mentors, and trains nearly 60 agents in Brexville, Ohio, for Russell Real Estate Services while still selling and listing real estate on his own. Well, good afternoon. This is Mark Madison on Books and People. Today, I am so excited to have my old friend Alex Carney as a guest. Alex, how are you? I'm doing, I'm doing awesome, brother. Just great, you know, having a lot of fun. You know, I mean, it's, it's summer. What can you say? It's just a pleasant day. It's what what, yeah. It's what is it? Uh, every day's a day in paradise, right? That's what. That's I right. Say. Well, my new I have a new greeting now. When somebody asks me how I am, I say I'm good as gold, right as rain, and cool as a cucumber. That's good. I was almost going to steal the other two that you had. Like I'm oscillating between stupendous and tremendous, or something yes, like that. Yes. Yeah. Fabulous and sensational. Sure. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. And the other one, if I was doing any better, I'd be twins. So I'd be twins, us. but I haven't yeah. had my coffee yet, so I expect yeah. it to get better. That's right. There you go. That's right. And you know, people say, well, that's just a line. It's not. Words trigger pictures and bring about emotion. And oh, how yeah. we respond and the words and the emotions that we use change us. I it's been my experience anyway. Absolutely. I mean, you know, who wants to talk to somebody who goes, fine. <laughs> you know? Not bad for a Monday. <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm saying? It's like, I mean, it's like. I always just, yeah, I just fake it till I make it all the time, brother. You know, even well, if I don't feel good. I knew the first time I talked to you, we were going to be friends for a long time. Now, I was trying to remember, was that 2001? Probably 2001. Wow. Even though you and I had an indirect meeting at an Earl King seminar that we did not physically meet, but we, I recall the loud mouth five foot 19 and a half guy, you know? Um, you know... I remember that. And I remember, <laughs> I remember being so underwhelmed by the presentation. And yeah. the thing I remember most about that session, because I was there to evaluate it, to see whether or not it was a good investment for this company. And uh, one of the guys raised his hand, a guy named Don, and Don raised his hand and said, hey, are there some books you would recommend? And he never answered the question. <laughs> he asked it twice and he never, he just never replied. I felt so bad for him that I went back to my hotel room that night and I wrote out a list of 10 books that I thought would help on sales. And I found out what his room number was and I knocked on the door and I said, hey, Don, you know, I felt bad you didn't get the answer. So here's 10 books that I really like. And he couldn't believe it. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, in fact, I brought a stack of my books here today because I figured you're going to ask me about books. <laughs> well, that's a, that's my list of questions. So we'll get to that. That's a little farther right. down the line. All right. Now, the irony was that guy went on to build a $40 million company and he brought me out and worked with all his employees. But he, and he's retired now. He sold it. Uh, but You laid the seed, brother. You know, 20 years later, you're exactly right. 
Yep. So <laughs> I also remember that you called me right after that first Tech. I'd done one of the breakout sessions and you recorded all of them or you had them recorded. on. Yeah, we audio had them professionally stuff. recorded. Then I, yes. I listened to all those I couldn't listen to at the actual event. Right. And you called me and you said, you were the best presenter out of all those. And I went, stop. And then I you know. said, I want you to keynote it next year. And I said, great. And so that was the beginning, really. Yeah, you were, you sounded, you sounded completely different from anyone else. So, you know, I knew right away that you were someone that I wanted to get to know and that you would mm. be, you would be, you know, a mentor to me and as well as someone that I wanted to, to work at them, you know, to write, you know, the magazine on a regular basis. So, so that's a nice segue into the, the really the second question is, how did you get started in the magazine business? You went to work for <laughs> Penton, what, what year? 1988, July of 1988, I moved to, well, I actually May of 88, I started, but then I was under, I was living in Philadelphia and I was traveling around with this senior sales guy named Buzz Shaw. That's a good sales name, right? Buzz. Yeah, Shaw. it is. He's not around anymore, but Buzz was just a consummate professional. And so I got under my wing for two and a half months with him. And then they just kind of like said, okay. I, I drove out to Philadelphia in a, you know, want to rent a truck, you know, from rider trucks and moved into the ghetto and, you know, over there in South uh, North X called Northern Liberties in Philly. And then just started selling, started to figure it out, man. You know, I was door to door salesman in Los Angeles before that. So this is my next real gig. Wow. You know? And you were fortunate enough to have some pretty good mentors. Wasn't Jeff Volker's one of them? Yeah. Yeah, Jeff Forker was a great Forker, guy, right. and he kind of just, you know, he was a good salesman, very good salesman, but he just told me what to do, and I, you know, I was I was young and didn't have really any bad habits, so I just did what he did, and, you know, <laughs> sold like crazy. <laughs> that, that implies you have bad habits now, is that what you're saying? Well, I'm sure I have a few, but, you know, I can cheat a lot better now. <laughs> you're a better liar than you were before right? <laughs> well yeah that takes a lot of skill too to develop oh my that. gosh so you had some great mentors early on yeah and i remember yeah. we did a seminar at the cleveland yacht club it was snowing i remember that day and you you said to me of all the i think there were like 35 magazines in the penton family yours was the only one that was profitable and your your profit was ridiculously high and so I asked you, you know, what was the secret? Do you remember what you said? No, I don't. I have a bad memory. I'm sorry. You said bundling. Yeah, yeah. So what did you mean by bundling? Well, we, we, we were always selling. We had, we had a client base and we were just always adding services and value and additional products to everyone that we had currently were doing business with. So right. we were constantly, I mean... Jeff Forker and our team would come up with new ideas all the time that we could sell where everybody else is kind of happy with just selling what they have. Right. You know, and then we were always able to grab future dollars or dollars that were going to be used elsewhere. We would be able to capture those dollars and then bring them into our fold where they might be like we were selling printing. I mean, you know, we, they, we, oh, you're going to do a brochure. Okay. That's great. Well, we can mark, we can actually sell it. We can provide the printing too. Would you be into that? Oh yeah. Give us a quote. And we ended up getting it. You know what I mean? So, right. You know, well, so you're saying is the answer is yes, we can. 
Yeah, yes, yeah. I feel like, yeah, I'm like Jim Carrey. Yes, man, you know. I just, yeah. <laughs> that's what we just said all the time. Yes, man, yes, man, yes, man, yes. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it was fun. It was, you know, I, it was a very creative business, um, which, you know, the business I'm in now is very creative as well. So I kind of like things that constantly move, you know. They're always mm -hmm. moving and you have to solve problems and find creative solutions and you know that's the way to make that's the way to and, and you know and then the money just follows right that's you know throw your heart over the bar and whatever that line was that you wrote or somebody wrote can't remember but anyway well the the throw that your hat over the fence story oh you no well i don't know it was, i think it was you one of your books it says throw your heart over the bar and then the body will follow oh right 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 yeah yeah Sure, and that's true. I, I agree yeah. with that one hundred percent. If I wrote it, it must be true. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> if it's in that book, by God, and you know, one of the things that, well, there's a whole bunch of things about Alex Carney that I admire, but I, I just to get this out up front here, your if I were to describe you in three words, it would be passionate, enthusiastic, and fun. Well, I agree with that. Yeah, I like to have a good time when I'm working. And actually living, I like to have fun, Mark. And yeah, I'm, 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 look, I believe you got to have passion. If you're, if you could be as dumb as a rock, but if you're excited, if you're excited and you have passion, you'll sell people all day long. So an excited you know, rock. Sure. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, the pet rock was excitable, you know, it excited yeah. a lot of other people. He sold billions um, of them, that guy. <laughs> right now, that's right. So if you just act like it's a great thing, guess what? People begin to say, oh, that might be oh, nice. Look at that. I'll buy that rock. I. Um, uh, honestly, I one of my fond memories of you. We were doing, I think we were doing some team building for your for the Penton sales staff, and we met. I don't know some hotel or something. And you, you were standing there with a little uh, ice cream hat on, and you oh, were yeah, serving yeah. ice cream as the guys came in. Yeah, I stole that from an actual contractor, but you know, I thought it was sort of like servant leadership, you know. Yes. And. Um, you know, and I do that stuff today in the real estate world. I mean, I people get sick, I go deliver soup to their house. See, um, you know, like matzo ball soup from my my local Jewish deli. But I can't help it. I'm old. Give me matzo ball soup. <laughs> That's right. And you know, people remember that. You know, they like during COVID, like people were getting it. I would, I would not, you know, open the door, but I would knock on the door and leave the soup there and just let them know I, I left it there for them. And I was, you know, just cared cared about them and i really truly care about them you know i know it it, it comes across and if i was a woman i'd say oh but yeah. as a man i would never say that in public so no 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 but it's funny the big burly guys are like hey man it's kind of cool you know thanks for yeah they do <laughs> that's cool yeah it means the same thing it's just different exactly. exactly well and the thing is when you when you drop that kind of thoughtful gift to somebody especially if it's tailored you know, toward whatever objective that person has, they just go, wow, you know, I can't believe you did that. And you're right, they never forget. Yeah, they don't. That means a lot more in a lot of, in a lot of ways than money. And, you know, um, in fact, a lot of the people stay because of those kinds of things right. where they might, they could leave if it was only about money. You well, know? you're a big fan of Zig Ziglar and, you know, this, his quote, it really is true. Yeah, that's right. People that's don't right. care how much you know until they, how much you care. Exactly. 
And is, that's true. I mean, when the caring comes through, people go, wow. And it's it's one of those things that separates you from everybody else. I mean, didn't he say, too, you can get anything you want in life if you help everybody else get what they want first, too? First, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And he said it in a way that it was like a secular pastor, you know? Oh! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they tell these stories. You go, the rabbit and the fox were having a conversation. He died too young. I thought he'd oh. live forever, as, as healthy as he was. Well, he was in his 80s when he died. But yeah. I don't know. I thought it was late 70s, but um, I don't know. It could be wrong, but we will not debate that. But he was, I thought he died younger than I would, you know, I don't know. It's just funny. A lot of those guys are gone now, you know, I know. Jim Rohn and, you know, and Charlie Zim. Jones. And yeah, I know. I mean, Brian Tracy's still around, but, you know, I don't know how he's doing, though. <laughs> you, haven't talked to him. you haven't talked to him lately yeah not right i used to talk to him actually i, I had a couple of meetings with him but oh yeah i met him too he's a great guy he gave yeah, me he a nice is. quote for my second book i mean he's yeah he's special he you know he wasn't a great speaker per se he had great platform skills but his content was so great oh yeah the information was so spot on that it didn't matter you know? i mean i i still listen to steve achievement psychology is selling I went to the first, first time I met him, I went to a seminar in Sacramento. I had every one of his books in one of those large, like when we we're in the magazine business, we used to sell these huge black bags, like a catalog bag. Right. And, we, and I put every book that I had of his in there and he was tripped out. He couldn't believe it. I literally waited in line. He signed every one. Then yep. he sent me his newest book and signed the copy because he remembered me out of all those people over there. Well, sure. If somebody did that to me, I'd do the same thing. <laughs> right. We had like 22 books or something, you know, and he's, Took his time and signed every one of them over to me. It was eat great. the frog. I remember reading that one. Yeah, eat the frog. Yeah, I have that, but I, I can't remember reading it though, Mark. It must not have made that big of an impact on me. But you know, hey. Well, I had his audio cassettes, and that was the thing. He got me hooked on listening to audio programs, and that was in the late eighties. Yeah, I, I still do. I go on long drives. I listen to books on on audio. Now I listen to my own books, but you know, hey. Yes. Yeah. I mean, you, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, you got to listen to your own first. I always, you know, I used to tell all my salespeople, you got to read your magazine. If you're going to sell advertising, at least read the magazine. <laughs> you, <laughs> can't, you can't sell something you don't believe in. Right. Exactly. Oh man. Well, and I remember you giving you like, I don't know, like 10 copies of freedom from fear. And you go, I didn't need like another hundred. And I said, excuse me. Yeah. Said, yeah. I want another hundred. I said, I'm just going to hand them out. I'm just going to give them to these guys, these contractors. And you were one of those guys who was instrumental in that book launching and doing as well as it did. So I appreciate that, my friend, all these years later. Oh, well, thank you. I, I I still have a lot of your window cards that I mail from time to time. <laughs> if you get low, let me know. I'll get you some more. <laughs> hey, so you're a voracious reader. That You said you had a stack of books. Tell me, tell me what's on your nightstand. Well, right now I'm reading a book that actually would apply to um, anyone but I'm reading over and over and over. It's called Ninja Selling by Larry Kendall. It's the guy built an extraordinary real estate brokerage. And it's a system on basically, you don't have to be a power personality. You know, you could be someone who, you know, comes from any kind of profession and decides to become a real estate agent. And the system is a very thorough and foolproof way for you to build a very successful business out of your sphere of influence. Mm. And then what steps you need to take and, you know, to become a listing machine. And it's very, the guy is, you know, he had encephalitis and he recovered from it as a young man and stuttered. 
and he actually became somewhat of a decent athlete and a musician. But I mean, you just look at the guy, you don't think of him like as, you know, like a personality like Zig Ziglar or somebody like that, or, you know, Tony Robbins, but he's, he's phenomenal what he's done and, and the system works. And that's what I teach because not everybody's going to be, you know, one of those power personalities. Right. And, um, so if you do the blocking and tackling and you give me the effort, you can, you can make a very solid business if you follow these practices. So, so Ninja Selling is just one I keep reading. I read everything now like over and over. Like I don't even read a lot of new stuff. I mean, I have to read Freedom from Fat, even though I am a lot thinner. My photo in my, uh, in my you know, I was 42 pounds heavier, but I have to get to read Freedom from Fat. But I mean, I've got, you know, like the ones that I read all that, like this is Earl Nightingale. Yes, I love know, that book. I mean, all the classics, you know, Frank Betcher's book, Failure. Oh, that's still my son. favorite sales book book yeah it's a great book how i raised myself from failure to success in selling by frank betcher which is basically about being just you know passionate enthusiastic i mean that was you know I, every now and then i read charlie's book too you know charlie tremendous jones you know uh, charlie yeah. jones yeah you know what i like about you Woo, everything yeah. <laughs> and then he'd but, say uh when you hug somebody who lets go first it'll ruin every hug you've ever had for the rest of your life Woo. <laughs> And by the way, Ninja Selling, um, Larry Kendall, the author, is a, I guess was a good friend of Charlie Tremendous Jones. Too. Everybody was a good friend of Charlie Jones. Yeah. I mean, um, that guy had a network like you can't believe. Um, and he sure. was one of the. And I drove off the freeway, I was in rush hour traffic and I pulled off the freeway, I was laughing so hard my stomach hurt. <laughs> so I called the number on the back of the cassette box, it was 717, I remember in area code now that, well, where the heck is that? And he answered the phone, it was 9.30 at night in Pennsylvania and that's how it started. Yeah, the, um, yeah, he's, you know, I, I like reading his quick or, or just, you know, they make you feel good, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, some of the other stuff, there's a guy named uh, um, A Little Red Book by Jeffrey Gittimer. Yes, I have that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I like him. He's a little, he reminds me of being in Philly when I was selling, you know? Yeah. He's a he's Philly guy. Kind of, yeah. He's, he just says it like it is to you. Like, hey, you know, if you're, if you're not, if you're not making any money, then, you, you know, you know, if you're not making any money, then you better start listening to what I'm telling you. You know, it's sort of right. like. Do what I tell you or else get out, you know? Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I heard him. Um, yeah, we shared the stage once and, and he said, anybody from Philly? Philly? Anybody from Philly? The guy raises his hand and he gives him the finger. <laughs> and it was like, wow, okay. Uh, no, no, tell us how you feel. You know, don't hold back. That's funny. Yeah, he's, he's a funny guy. So, um, I mean, right now, you know, I'm, you know, I still have my, I read over and over The Greatest Salesman in the World by Og Mangdino, The Richest Man in Babylon. I'm listening to that Og's book right now on audio. That's funny you should say that. Think and Grow Rich. I actually have a hardbound copy. Yeah, me too. Me too. And uh, then How I Turned a Thousand into a Million in Real Estate in My Spare Time. I have a 1959 copy. Yeah, I got that one too. Year. Yeah, that's a great book. And then, uh, then I have all these other ones in from Wendy Patton on like rent to own, rent to buy, 
you know, making hard cash and soft real estate market. So do you I carve think, out time every day as a specific time to read or just read? Yeah, I have the day? two what? hours a day that I spend either reading, planning or thinking. Yeah. And I get up at like four or five and that's when I do it. Right. Me too. I call you know, it my right? hour power. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, right now I'm reading stuff that I didn't think I'm reading stuff about putting my trust together, um, my retirement. Um, I'm reading about because I'm, you know, I'm about I'm 50, almost 59. So I'm just kind of getting ready. I'm going to hire a guy, but I want to make sure he knows what he's doing. So I'm doing my reading so I can ask the right questions mm. and make sure we get my plan together that it meets Linda's needs, you know, and my needs. So. Because you, you went nuts. You started selling real estate, but then you started buying houses at the same time, right? Yeah. Actually, I started buying houses before I got my real estate license. So okay. I left Penton in the 2003, and then I bought, like an idiot, I bought a, well, I bought a house for like a foreclosure for like 200 grand. And then I, you know, bought another one for another 200,000. Instead of starting small, Mark, you know, um, the first one I actually, I was unable to sell because the market crashed. Mm. The second one I sold, but I lost 50 grand. But the good thing is, is that one that I just, I held on for a while. I just made 150 off of it. So I'm ahead, but I bought these two large homes and then I started buying little houses and I built a portfolio up and then I got my license like about three years later. And then the crash happened. And then, I mean, I had my, best year of my first year in real estate and then the next year was my worst year um you know boom, yeah. i went from like making a you know you know three hundred thousand commissions to about 30 <laughs> so i remember um, yeah it was brutal man i was sell, doing leases and whatever i could do to make a living and and i just try to figure out the business because i was really working primarily with investors but then there wasn't any loans to be had for investors right so. So then I just said, okay, I'm going to, okay, the market's low. So I'm going to buy. And then I just bought a lot of stuff. And I took out, I used, you know, I used, I bought real estate in my IRAs, which you can do. A lot of people don't know you can do that. You can buy a business in your IRA. Um, you just have to, you have to, you have to deposit those assets with a custodian that specializes in self-directed IRAs. And then from there, you know, I mean, now I'm cashing in on my properties and it's been good, but it's been, you know, it's, it's a lot of hard work. I mean, right. people, you know, it's not just, Hey, you know, this is easy, man. You buy low, sell high. No, right. Right. You got a lot, there's problems with tenants and cities and, you know, there's always stuff to do. And, and the toilet's plugged up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I don't usually do those things anymore, but every now and then I got to handle something. Right. Um, but you know, it's, so the nice thing is, it's kind of like I, I was able to create a business, like a, an investment business in my real estate, build a nice business for myself as a listing agent, and then also manage an office. So I got three streams of income, which is good. You know, that's another book, Robert Allen, multiple streams of income. Yeah. That's a great but, book. Uh, so I kind of, and he has a good book called creating wealth. Yeah. which had, he has a lot of those ideas in there that I've kind of utilized over my years to try to get those multiple streams. I remember reading one of those books. I think it was the first one you mentioned. And somebody says, well, this is all well and good, but you know, can you prove what you're saying is true? <laughs> he goes, yeah, sure. Drop me in any city. And with no exactly. money, 
And yep. I'll have a house within 30 days. That was the no money down book. Yep. That's right. Yeah. No money down. He would go into, that was before the internet in the eighties, he'd fly into a city and just start circling the ads and he would get, he would buy a house with no money, yeah. you know, just his credit or just, you know, people would believe him. And, you know, I read all those books. I actually did buy a number of homes without any money down, but um, it was, you know, it's, it's, it's a challenge, but it can be done. I mean, I did buy like three that way. <laughs> um, so, so it kind of, it kind of squashes the naysayers and say, well, you can't do that, but yep. well, all right, let me show you. Yeah. You know, the funny thing is there are a lot of the guys though that write the books and never do it though. So you have right. to make sure. Yep. Right. And Robert Allen's a guy that actually did it, but there are a lot of other guys that just write these books and so I went out and read all the books and then went and did it. So I, it does work. The stuff does work for the most part. I get a kick out of, you know, because coaching is real big right now. And, and every once in a while, I'll, somebody will reach out to me and they'll say, yeah, I want to be a coach or I am a coach. And I said, well, what qualifies you to be a coach? And there's a long silence. <laughs> well, I, yeah. went to this, I went to this class. Oh, I got certified. Oh, <laughs> yeah. well, guess what? I do a ton of coaching and I've never been certified and I never went to that class. Uh, I just wrote a book that sold, you know, 150,000 copies. So people want to know how that happened. Or how did you write six books? Well, I'll just walk you through the process. And literally, do you remember Bobby Ring? Yeah, Bob Ring, sure. Yeah, from New Jersey. He reached out to me one day and he goes, so how did you write that book? I said, one day at a time. Exactly. I kind of walked him through the thing. And, and then he said, well, would you coach me? Because I want to write a book. And I said, okay. He said, well, how much do you charge? I go, I don't know. What do you think that's worth? I, I don't know. That's your lie. You use that all the time. That's a great, always ask a question with, with the question. Yeah. And he goes, I don't know, 500 bucks a month. I said, done. Yeah, there you go. And so that's literally how I got started. Now I have dozens of coaching clients and it's like, I didn't, I never got certified. I never got to the, the difference is I did those things. So then they wanted to know how. Right. And you actually read all those books, like by what uh, Patricia Frisch and, all those yeah. people. You, yeah. I mean, you read all those books. I know. And then you went out and did it, and now you're writing your own. You know yeah. what I mean? So yeah. Yeah, I read hundreds of books on speaking before. You know. Yeah. Before I ever. And how to market yourself times. as a speaker? I have some of those books too. You know. I mean. I know. They're great I, I, books. I remember being at your house and looking at your books and going, "Got it, got it, want it, got it, want it, got it." <laughs> I know it's, and the funny thing is, is this. I had a client who. Um, well, the client's brother passed away, and so he wanted me to sell his house. So I go up in the attic, because I'm helping him prepare the home for sale. And yeah. in there, it's like, this guy has a library that's like rivals mine, probably even beats mine. So I said, do you mind if like, what do you do with all this stuff? He's like, I'm just going to throw it away. And I said, do you mind if I take what I want? He goes, yeah. So I got like all these, you know, I got, now I got all these Jim Rome and Anthony Robbins. and Dude. You know, creative selling by Ben Friedman. You know, I got all these great, and they're all, and they're all like, you know, first edition books or the tapes. You know, because I have a cassette player, I can still listen to cassettes. <laughs> uh, for the millennials I mean, who are listening, uh, cassettes were these things that we had. Yeah. 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 I mean, I still have CDs too. So I guess, you know, I have a CD player in one of my older cars. So, oh, that's um, so funny. But, you know, so I, I like I like that stuff, you know, and you know, what's funny is I'm writing my trust. My sons are going to have to read five to six key books and give me a book report before they get their inheritance. <laughs> In other boy. Words, 
Yeah, I'm going to make him read Think and Grow. And already Jake's read about four of them, but I'm just going to make him read these books and, and some stuff on real estate. Because I'm like, if you don't do this stuff before I go, I want to make sure that you do it because yes. I, don't, I don't want you to, I'm not going to make them. I just want them to read them and then go to the trustee and just tell me about the book, you know? Yes. And, then, and that's good. You got to earn it, man. You know? And I'm like, hey, Colin, when Colin got bit by the basketball bug, he said, dad, would you rebound for me? I said, absolutely. You read for an hour, I'll rebound for an hour. Yeah, that's what I do with him. Absolutely. He was 15, yep. so I had a stack of all the books you just mentioned. Think and Grow Rich, Acres of Diamonds, How to Win Friends, yeah. right? Uh, how to Read a Person Like a Book, Body Language, right? All these books that I read in my 30s and 40s. So Collins, so he's reading, he's upstairs reading, and he comes down into my office, and he's, he's got this book, uh, How to Read a Person Like a Book, right? And he says, Dad. Do you realize that when a woman runs her hands through her hair, it means she likes you? <laughs> I said, "Yeah, I, I read that book, son. That's how you know. That's how I met you." Twenty your mother, years ago. You know? yeah. yeah, right. <laughs> he goes, "I gotta go," and he goes back upstairs. Like, you know, it was. He got bit by the bug, and now he's a voracious reader. You know, I'm like with like with Colton who vapes, which ticks me off because he's an athlete. I said, "Look." I said, you got to quit vaping now because our agreement was if I lose, you know, 35 pounds, I'm down 42. You got to quit vaping. I'm like, you know, you got to hold up your, your, uh, got to hold up your part of the bargain here. Ooh, you know, what do you so say? He's like, oh, you're right, Dad. I got to do. It. I go stop doing it, man, because you know, I, I, I love you too much. I don't want you to be doing that crap. He just, he stays to dip. When you play baseball, everybody dips. Right, uh, right, right. Not everybody, but a lot of them. So he's doing vaping so he doesn't dip because his girlfriend doesn't like to dip. And I'm like, now you're hooked on vape. I mean, vape is bad. So so she to... didn't like kissing a guy with a bunch of chew in his mouth. <laughs> right. That's yeah. outrageous. Yeah. I mean, come on. Come on, man. I'm I a baseball dip player. Too. We used to have spittoon contests just to gross the girls out on the floor. Um, You know. Well, in some of those major leaguers, they combine bubble gum with chew. Yeah, they wrap the gum. They put oh. the chew inside the gum, and oh, <laughs> actually, though, I don't. They they had they weren't allowed to do that during COVID, you know, because of the spitting and all. Yeah, that. of course. But anyway, so yeah, those. I mean, I I just read, you know, and I remember you. I remember Charlie Tremendous Jones used to just read a lot of the classics. So I go back to the classics. Yeah. And I just, I don't know, just something about them. I, I like them, you know? Well, there's a reason they're classics. Yeah. The other thing I've added to my list is the 100 best books ever written. I have a poster here in my office. Oh, I'm about cool. halfway through those 100 books. So, you know, just classics. Some of them are short. Some of them are Moby Dick, you know, six, 700 right. pages. Yeah, when you read something like that, it changes you. The rise and fall of the Roman Empire. I mean, oh yeah. When I yeah. was in high school and college, I never would have thought to read those books, but now you know it's interesting. It's fascinating to me. All Quiet on the Western Front is that on that list? Oh yeah. That thing's boring as hell to read. I know. <laughs> Even though it's one of the classics. It's on the list. <laughs> All right. So, well, what advice before we run out of time? No. You've been selling your whole life. You're one of the finest salespeople I know. And, and I don't say that to pander to you, you just are. And if, the, if everyone listening hasn't figured that out by now, they, they had the volume down too low. What advice would you offer somebody who wants to be successful in sales? Well, I started off a little bit on that. I do this with my salespeople. Need, I go, you need to break your day down in eight hours and you got to get up early and you got to read in your field and your craft. Mm -hmm. 
and you have to think and you have to plan your goals. You got to read them aloud 30 times to yourself. Um, you know, while you're driving, you have little note cards on your dashboard with those goals as well. Yeah. And then you take the next two hours is because you already pumped yourself up after you had your workout and all that and you're reading and you're planning and you're thinking and, and your goal, goal reading. Then you go and make the calls, send the notes. You got to do 10 notes a day, five of the 10 cards a day to somebody. I know you used to send me a lot of wacky postcards, send something that is going to be of value to someone on a regular basis. Right. You know, and then make your phone calls and make at least 10 a day. And then, then you go on your appointments in the afternoon, you know, maybe you have a, or you have a breakfast meeting and then you have a lunch meeting and then, you know, try to make four physical calls a day. If you're going to make, you know, a meeting meets with four a day, if you could do 20 a day a week, which not many people do anymore, but even right. if it's a zoom meeting, you know, and then the last two hours is doing the bullshit, you know, right. I mean, right. All the other bullshit doesn't matter because if you don't get to the bullshit, you're too tired to do the bullshit. It doesn't matter because it's bullshit. Right. So only if you just do the first four hours, you know, you're going to get appointments. So it doesn't really matter. You'll fill your fill your day and maybe you have to have more appointments later in the day. But, yeah. you know, I'm just like and I always say, you know, people always talk about oh, it's a bad market or, you know, and I'm always like you make your market. If yeah. you allow the market to make you, then you'll be made. Right. You know, so just don't allow that. I mean, there's, you know, like I could have given up in real estate and just, you know, short sold all my stuff, but I hung in there and figured it out. And, you know, and now I'm going to, I'm cashing in and it's going to be, it's going to be a good ride from here on out. Whatever happens doesn't really matter. You know, I mean, yeah. I could quit working today if I wanted to, but I like, I like selling, you know, but I actually get bigger hives training people to sell now. Right. Um, you know, I like watching them kind of get it, you know, in the real estate business. And you also, got a great team, man. You know, my visit out there a couple of years ago, it was really fun to watch you with them. Yeah, we're actually having, I mean, we're, we're up like 15% this year. Last year we were up even like, I think 20 some. So but you've done just, that everywhere you've gone. Pretty much, you know, I mean, I, you know, it's funny as, I'm kind of a numbers guy, but I always say, you know what, if I just sell a lot, I don't have to give a shit about the numbers. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, I learned that in basketball. If you win, you can get away with a lot. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. you know, so I try to be frugal, but I always focus on top line revenue first. Yes. And if I get the right people on the bus, then I don't have to focus so much on my expenses. Oh, buddy. We, you know, we're out of time, but let me just say we're going to have to do this again because there's a whole bunch of things we didn't talk about. Yeah. I loved, I was fun. I was good to reconnect with you in this way, even though, well, we, you know, we've been, we're busy guys, but it's fun. It is fun. And you have a lot to offer. You're uh, you're the cool breeze in a stuffy room, man. You really are. <laughs> well, Mark, you know what? It's, it's always, you know, when I, if I ever get down, which isn't very often, but if I do, I call you. I know. And you pump me right back up. Get out. Get out now. Get, get yes, to the I chopper. I knew that was coming. I knew it Run, Giancata. Run. Run, Giancata. Got to get out. We <laughs> out to, I'll leave you with this little story. So the only time I met Arnold was 82, and he was promoting Conan the Librarian. And uh, he was down on 8th and Stewart in downtown Seattle. Osborne and Yulon was a sporting goods store. And he was doing. He was signing posters. 
and he's sitting there with his 29 inch arms and he goes, have you seen the movie? I said, I have. He said, go again, bring a friend. I said, okay, okay. Like, you know, don't hurt me. <laughs> that guy could sell. <laughs> My friend, thank sell. you so much. Uh, right, say hi to care. the boys for me. Say hi to your lovely wife. We'll talk again soon. All right. Bye, Mark. This podcast is brought to you by the team at Fujitsu General America. And like this podcast, they're focused on education and development. From the day they sold their first comfort system in North America, they've been unwavering in their focus on training. It doesn't matter if it's application, installation, or service. A better trained technician brings better value to the homeowner. So when you're looking for infinite comfort, think Fujitsu. Thank you for listening. If I struck a chord, inspire you to action, or piqued your curiosity, let me know. Call or text me at 206-697-0454 or send me an email at mark at sparkingsuccess.net. Should you wish to hire me to speak to your organization or association or order one of my books, simply go to my website, www.sparkingsuccess.net. And remember, make it a great day unless you have other plans.